The connection between you and your therapist matters. That's why Alma focuses on helping you find the right someone to talk to, not just anyone. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search by what you want to focus on, like anxiety, relationships, or big life transitions. You can also specify preferences around gender, race, faith, and more to help you find someone who's more likely to understand where you're coming from. Alma also makes it easy for therapists to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of providers in their directory accept insurance for sessions, so you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash not just anyone to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash not just anyone. C13 Originals. If you have any tips as it pertains to this story, please reach out to tips at gangstercapitalism.com or our tip line 347 347- Six seven four six nine eight zero. We can ensure anonymity. Too many in the national media, their corporate owners and their stockholders, act as silent enablers, if not complicit co-conspirators. This is Wayne Lapierre speaking at a press conference one week after the Sandy Hook School shooting in Newtown, Connecticut, in December of 2012. We need to have every single school in America immediately deploy a protection program proven to work. And by that, I mean armed security. Shortly after his speech, Wayne and Susan LaPierre hopped on a private jet to the Bahamas on the NRA dime. The trip cost about $70,000. As they enjoyed the pink sand beaches on the island of Eleuthera, back home, Wayne was receiving heat for his remarks. So, the NRA doubled down. They released a commercial which asked the following questions. Are the president's kids more important than yours? then why is he skeptical about putting armed security in our schools when his kids are protected by armed guards at their school? It spurred widespread condemnation and sent a shockwave through Washington and the national media. Once again, it was LaPierre who had to respond, this time on Fox News Sunday. The president's kids are safe and we're all thankful for it. The point of that They also ad, face a threat that most children do not face. Tell that to the people in Newtown. As the face of the NRA, Wayne had become the face of the gun debate. But he reportedly was never comfortable in front of cameras and felt that the more he appeared on TV to defend gun rights in the face of a mass shooting, the more his security was at risk. And so a decision was made to cultivate new media stars who could then go on television as Wayne's proxy. And by 2016, the NRA had just the platform for them to grow. You're watching NRA TV. And now we stand with Dan Bongino. So, Jazzy, it's concealed carry day. Yeah, I see that. One shooter is going to dip their hands in the ice water. Go! Go! 
while the other shooter runs back, grabs up to four ammo cans. No one on this planet benefits more from mass shootings and motivates more people to become mass shooters than our mainstream media. Those were all voices of NRA TV personalities, some who hosted their own shows. But one NRA TV personality managed to separate herself from the pack. So we saved the best for last, and I mean by best, it's worse because everything is awful all of the time. This is horrible. This is Thomas the Tank, right? The long-running kids show. This is Dana Lash, hosting her NRA TV show called Relentless. In this segment, she's talking about the children's program Thomas the Tank Engine and the decision to add more diverse characters to the show, which, of course, are trains. I mean, how do you bring ethnic diversity to a show that literally has no ethnicities? Because they're trains. Was there some concern that the show had racist undertones? And I'm really, really struggling to understand how in the world there isn't any diversity in any of this. Oh, was it because I see it? It was the white hoods and the burning train tracks. Okay, fine, fair point, fair, I get it. When Dana refers to white hoods and burning train tracks, the screen behind her shows an image of three Thomas the Tank Engine characters wearing white Ku Klux Klan hoods. Were they white? Seriously, I mean, I know that those had hoods on them, but were they, because all their faces were gray. I, I didn't know, anyway. Apparently, Lash was making an attempt at humor. It didn't go over well. Wayne LaPierre expressed his anger with the show, and so did the board of directors. NRA TV, and everything that aired on it, was produced by Ackerman McQueen. It's been reported that this incident was the flashpoint for the rift between the NRA and Ackerman. NRA TV was shut down less than a year later. In its ensuing legal filings against Ackerman, the NRA even called NRA TV racist and dystopian. But as always, there was much more to the story. I mean, it's interesting, the narrative that has been put out there was that like somehow the controversy started with Thomas the Tank Engine. That's Mike Spees from ProPublica. Mike covered the NRA exclusively for four years for The Trace and The New Yorker. Oh, she did it. She finally hit Thomas the Tank Engine. Like the idea that that was the thing that just pushed board members over the edge. Oh my God, they went after Thomas the Tank Engine. What are we going to do? First off, who gives a shit about Thomas the Tank Engine? Nobody. Nobody cares about Thomas the Tank Engine except for three-year-olds. And that is a subset of three-year-olds. It was ridiculous. That was the catalyst for, well, we better reconsider this whole NRA TV thing. The real problem with NRA TV was that hardly anybody was watching. In fact, it was reported that during one month, it only received 49,000 unique visitors, which, just for perspective, was lower than Oklahoma City's local news website, oklahoman.com. And what did the NRA pay for this in 2017? $20 million. 
NRA TV was a colossal failure, and the organization needed something and someone to help dig them out of the deep financial hole they were sinking into. Luckily, Wayne LaPierre had just the guy to help. And I remember turning to my coworker and I said, have you ever seen a hostile takeover? And he goes, no. And I said, you just saw one. What the fuck? Why would you hire someone into such a high-ranking, visible position without checking into his background? Their hubris made them think that it was never going to be uncovered, and it's become this gangster train wreck dumpster fire. I'm Andrew Jenks. This is Gangster Capitalism, Season 2, The NRA. Why now? Why come out with NRA Carry Guard right now? Wayne made it clear. He said, guys, we have got to have the most cutting-edge, modern, complete, comprehensive concealed carry package we can put together. The voice you're hearing is an NRA executive named Josh Powell speaking with Dana Lash on NRA TV. And he's promoting something called Carry Guard. It was 2017, and the NRA was bleeding money in large part due to NRA TV. The year prior, the NRA ran a deficit of $45.8 million, and the organization needed something to offset the losses. Carry Guard was the answer, and Josh Powell was the face of Carry Guard. So Josh, for those who don't know, tell us what Carry Guard is. Carry Guard was born out of you know, the first concealed carry permit was passed uh, with Marion Hammer in Florida 37 years ago, and that really lit off this movement. Now we've got over, you know, 15 million concealed carry holders in this country. Carry Guard consisted of two components, a concealed carry gun training program and insurance coverage. The NRA already had a long-standing gun training program, but Carry Guard was supposed to be more state-of-the-art. The idea behind the insurance component was that if you were to actually shoot someone in self-defense, Carry Guard would cover up to $150,000 in criminal defense reimbursement and $1 million in civil liability protection for just $31.95 a month. Subscribers could also receive bail money if they were arrested and booked. I think the insurance program that we've put together is second to none, and we're working with this tremendous crew of lawyers that have a lot of experience fighting cases of people that are unlawfully charged with a, a crime when you're using your weapon in self-defense. But for Carry Guard to work, especially the training piece, Josh Powell needed the NRA's firearms instructors to endorse it. Andy Lander was one of those instructors. He was an NRA employee for 13 years, and Andy remembers how eager Josh Powell was for Carry Guard to succeed. The first real meeting I had with Mr. Powell was we were in the executive conference room on the sixth floor of the entire division, and I remember Mr. Powell sitting down with each one of us and basically trying to pick our brains, and I said, well, this guy seems like he's actually trying to be a leader. And then 
I remember sitting across the table and he looked at us and he looked at me and some of my friends and said, I need you guys to push carry guard. And I basically raised my hand and said, sir, I don't even know what carry guard is. And he goes, well, there's a training component and there's an insurance side. I need you guys to push the training side of the house. And I said, sir, again, you guys have this stuff on your website with just, you know, little things that say carry guard is the best training ever, but we don't know what it is. We don't know what's taught in. I'm not going to say it's the best training if I've never even taken it. So he looked at me and said, you guys are going to the first instructor course out in Colorado. I'll put you on a plane next week. So then we flew out to Colorado and me and my coworker, we give feedback and they didn't listen to us. It was, you know, you guys don't know anything. At the time, they had sponsored a bunch of very high level trainers that were very well respected. And within almost a week, most of those guys had dropped off because they said, man, I don't want to attach my name to this because this is going downhill real quick. I was also the guy they were sending the videos to and saying, hey, can you look at these videos that we're shooting of Carry Guard and tell us what you think? Does anything in this video contradict with NRA policy? These guys were drawing guns and immediately putting their fingers on the trigger before they ever rotated it towards their target. That's not good because you'll shoot yourself in the leg and you could kill yourself. Despite the opinion of Andy Lander and others, Josh Powell couldn't afford any dissension because there was a lot of potential money riding on carry guard. A competitor with just a small fraction of the NRA's membership was bringing in anywhere between 30 to $70 million annually from their insurance program. And Andy Lander remembers when Powell was promoted to be the executive director of operations at the NRA second-in-command to Wayne LaPierre. He called a divisional meeting with every department. And I remember one of my coworkers and I walked down to that divisional meeting, and I remember Josh was at the podium, and he looked at us and said, I'm Josh Powell. I'm the new director of general operations. I speak for Wayne LaPierre. That was it. And I remember turning to my coworker and I said, have you ever seen a hostile takeover? And he goes, no. And I said, you just saw one. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. For real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Relationships are hard. And that's why I'm here. Hey friend, it's Cami Crawford. Think of me as your big sister slash audible BFF that you can always trust to give you the real tea. This is my show, Relationship, the advice podcast that covers all relationship topics. Send your story to hello at relationshippod.com or DM me at relationship on IG and tune in for new episodes every Friday. Listen and follow Relationship with Cami Crawford on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. There is a code to hunting. It takes a lot of work to be a successful hunter. It's not easy. It takes a lot to do it right. And, and when you get it right, 
there's a real sense of achievement, a sense of honor, I think a sense of, of when you stand over an animal that you've just taken their life, it's a serious thing. We discussed in episode four how the image of the wealthy hunter was something that Ackerman had helped the NRA cultivate in an effort to appeal to wealthy donors. Josh Powell, the NRA's chief of staff and executive director of operations, seemed to embody that image. In fact, before coming to the NRA, portraying that image was his livelihood. Here's Mike Spees. The big question mark was where did he come from and why did he get this job? It didn't make any sense. So tried to get more information about him at first, and that was kind of a struggle. There wasn't that much out there. And then started to do some more serious backgrounding and discovered that he was a business person who ran two catalogs, clothing catalogs, high-end sporting catalogs. Back in 2006, Josh Powell began a company called J.L. Powell. It began as a retail clothing store and then switched its business to focus on catalog sales. It was an aspirational brand which sold very expensive clothes to outdoorsmen. Powell used himself as the model in his catalogs. But on the inside, J.L. Powell was in deep financial trouble. In 2008, Josh's father-in-law at the time gave him more than a million dollars in cash to help out. The following year, the company lost $783,000, while Powell paid himself more than $57,000 in advances on his salary. By 2010, J.L. Powell was in default to 28 vendors. An investment group came in, infusing more than $2.5 million into the company. And then they followed that up with several more loans to Powell, totaling more than $1.4 million, before firing Josh Powell from his own company. Then, in 2013, along with backing from NRA board member and future NRA president, Pete Brownell, Powell began a new clothing catalog company called The Field Outfitting. Here's one of Josh's former employees at The Field, Corey Perlin. My title was e-commerce marketing manager. It was a very high-end clothing line. In addition to clothing, some, you know, accessories, but all targeted, you know, very definitely at an affluent person. You know, a t-shirt would be $130. A pair of pants would regularly be $250 to $300. A jackout might be five or $600. So definitely uh, clothing that isn't exactly in my clothing budget. I remember when I was first researching the company before I took the position, I read online that Josh was the model for his own company. And I thought, oh, you know, I guess if you're modeling you must be, you know, a pretty good-looking guy. <laughs> I saw his pictures online. And I mean, you know, not that I'm Miss America myself, but he's not George Clooney. You know, he's he's not someone who you would look at or pass on the street and think, wow, that dude could model. 
the more I got involved with it, the more I just understood. I mean, it was part of this persona he was trying to create. At the field, the appearance of wealth took top priority. It just always seemed like the pockets were bottomless and, you know, we money was being spent on things that just were not necessary. And it was all to promote this lifestyle. Things like photo shoots and expensive meals, things that could have been accomplished much less expensively. It just seemed like there was no regard for budgeting money, for making sure that there was enough money to go around. It was always, you know, have the most expensive meal at the nicest restaurant and shoot the catalog at the most posh resort in the most, you know, affluent neighborhood. There just was no regard to a budget. And, you know, at the beginning, I assumed that the money was all there, that they weren't spending the money. And it became apparent as we were getting deeper and deeper in that the money wasn't there. And we were doing a lot of things on credit. One of my responsibilities was the administration of the pay-per-click campaign, Google AdWords. And it would routinely get shut down because the credit card on file would get maxed out. Our AdWords got turned off several times because of lack of funds. I know there's at least one clothing manufacturer that went out of business due to unpaid bills from the field outfitting. And... Josh was living this great life, but not really caring about who he hurt or destroyed in the process. You know, for some reason, Josh possessed the ability to convince people that he was a good guy, that he was a sound, honest businessman, and that we were all involved in this great startup company adventure. But as time went on, it became apparent that the company was simply a way for him to fund his lifestyle. Although the field was being sued by Ford Models for failure to pay $65,000 for models it provided for a catalog shoot, one 11-day photo shoot had a budget of more than $107,000. That included a line item for, quote, $10,000 plus plus for a photographer with whom Powell admitted to having a sexual relationship. And according to Mike Spees, between 2015 and 2018, the field outfitting was being sued by four different firms for more than $115,000 in unpaid invoices. He left an incredible trail of unpaid debts in which his vendors were repeatedly suing him. When he came to the NRA, he was literally in the process of being deposed by a company that was suing him for not getting paid. The culmination of his business troubles was essentially that he had hired lawyers to defend him in these cases and then ended up getting sued by those lawyers for not paying them. Powell's own lawyers sued him for not being paid. But despite his checkered past, Josh Powell was hired to be chief of staff and executive director of operations at the NRA. In this position, according to NRA bylaws, should something have happened to Wayne LaPierre, Josh would take over as EVP. Corey Perlin 
had long since moved on from the field and Josh Powell. But when she found out where he was now, she couldn't believe it. My initial response was, what the fuck? Why would you hire someone into such a high-ranking, visible position with an organization that is so high-profile without checking into his background? It's unknown how Powell began at the NRA. He had served on the board since 2013, and as I mentioned, Pete Brownell, a man who'd served on the NRA board and was an NRA president, was a partial owner of the field outfitting. It also appears that Powell had a strong relationship with Ackerman McQueen as well. One J.L. Powell catalog, all the way back in 2011, featured a story about Powell hunting in Patagonia with Ackerman executive Tony Macris. Powell had also appeared on Tony's show, Under Wild Skies. You know, I shot him before I got the second barrel shot. I consider Tony to be like a brother to me. In any event, by 2017, Josh Powell held a top position at the NRA, and Josh took advantage right away. That same year, according to tax filings, Powell was paid more than $100,000 in personal expenses, including housing. He'd even landed a job for his wife with one of the NRA's top vendors. Powell also paid his own father more than $100,000 to take photos at NRA events like shooting competitions, even though, apparently, there were already NRA photographers on site. Back in episode two, we discussed the internal audit memo that was written in July of 2018 with its list of top concerns. Well, that same month, the NRA's CFO temporarily stepped away due to a health matter. And for about three weeks, Josh Powell took over, putting him in charge of the accountants who were documenting his conflicts. If you're not shaking your head right now, here's one more fact. In 2018, Josh Powell was paid almost a million dollars by the NRA. Symbiotica is one of the fastest growing health and wellness companies right now. It's so refreshing to see a health and wellness brand only use clean, premium ingredients in its formulas to grow this quickly. Symbiotica's supplements are made with 100% clean, natural ingredients. There are no seed oils, fillers, additives, artificial ingredients, or natural flavors in their formulas. They come in this convenient pouch that is super easy to travel with, which is perfect for on the go. For men who want more energy, to build more muscle, to get better sleep, and to feel their best so they can perform their best, Symbiotica is for you. Since subscribing to Symbiotica, I felt more alert and energized. Mineral Shilajit is by far my favorite supplement. It's nutrient-rich, with over 84 essential vitamins that support overall health. This formula is great for men, as it can support reproductive health, boost testosterone, and support the body during stress. I think all men need to try Symbiotica. They are having an awesome promotion right now. You can get 15% off plus free shipping when you start a subscription. Head to C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com and use code START for 15% off plus free shipping when you start a subscription. eBay Motors is here for the ride. 
You saw the potential. Through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Look to your left. Look to your right. Yep, no one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Wait a minute. Did somebody tell me that Josh Powell was bashful to Yeah, keep going. Josh, Josh, Josh. No. I'm like, Wayne. No. There's no question, it was a really special thing for me to be able to shoot with Wayne. And I think it was great for me to see him have a big smile on his face and have so much fun because he works so tirelessly for the cause that we're all fighting for. And, and, you know, we all can't thank him enough. And so for us to put him in a spot where he could really enjoy himself for 48 hours, I think is great. Josh Powell a man that had been sued at least 20 times while running two businesses into the ground, had quickly risen to be Wayne LaPierre's right-hand man as the executive director of operations. And in this role, he'd been given oversight of the NRA's signature program, CarryGuard, which it hoped would help bring them out of financial straits. But despite some of the earlier issues discussed about its concealed carry training program, the insurance piece of CarryGuard was much more troublesome. Here, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is addressing the press about CarryGuard. The NRA was selling an insurance product in the state of New York called CarryGuard, which violates the law in the state of New York and many other states. It would be highly unusual for a state to allow an insurance company to reimburse for an illegal activity. Uh, They call it murder insurance. Here's journalist Mike Spees. At its heart, the insurance was legally problematic. You have to understand, in most states, you cannot purchase 
insurance to protect yourself from legal costs in the event that you shoot somebody. You gotta understand why that doesn't really make any sense. Even if it is legitimate self-defense, it does sort of open the door to a whole host of other issues that are not not self-defense. Uh, New York it was the first state to knock that down on more than one front, and then obviously a bunch of others followed suit and opened up their own investigations. All that stuff imploded. Just a little over one year after Carry Guard was launched, New York's Department of Financial Services concluded that Carry Guard violated a state law which prohibits insurers from providing criminal defense coverage for people charged in a crime involving a firearm. The state also called out the NRA for marketing the insurance without a license. By August of 2018, four states had opened investigations into Carry Guard. They were in deep financial trouble. There's no question, like, they were already in financial trouble, and then they got wrapped up in multiple expensive lawsuits. They couldn't not cut costs, I mean, unless they wanted to go bankrupt. When I started in the training department, I had to work a couple other jobs to kind of make ends meet. That's Andy Lander again, a former firearms instructor for the NRA. There was times that I was traveling six, seven days a month, living in airports, having to use my own credit card to pay the bills that the NRA should have been paying for. We were given about $50 a day to travel on for food and whatever. I remember one time I came in and I I had an expense report and I was, I think, like three cents over. And my boss kicked it back and said, you need to adjust this to reflect $50 a day. And I'm like, it's three cents. Again, I'm working for an organization that's paying their employees pennies and everybody else at the top is filthy rich. While the NRA geared up for expensive legal battles on multiple fronts, Josh Powell, a man who was earning almost a million dollars a year, including more than $100,000 in personal expenses, was tasked with finding inventive ways to cut costs. People who worked at the organization were aghast when they were informed that they would no longer receive free coffee and water, specifically water cooler water. I remember I used to go down the hall and fill my water bottle. I had a Nalgene bottle. I'd walk into another division's, you know, secret Deer Park water cooler. And I'd go in and I'd fill my Nalgene bottle with water. And I remember one time I walked in there and a director came in and said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm getting water. And they said, you can't be in here. And I'm like, what do you mean I can't be here? This is our water. And I was like, our water, huh? Okay, that's that's cool. Um, all right, I guess I'll use the sink in the bathroom. If you're getting rid of those sorts of perks, which are hardly perks, it suggests a grave degree of desperation. But it's doubly insulting at the same time when you see like these insane contracts that people have Josh Powell's measures to reduce the budget weren't winning any friends inside NRA headquarters. But he'd also alienated himself from the organization's top vendor. At some point over the course of Josh's working relationship with Ackerman McQueen, 
a female staffer at Akron McQueen, lodged a complaint against him internally, which then was passed on to the NRA, claiming that Josh had sexually harassed her. Josh fervently denied the accusations. But this wasn't the first sexual harassment claim that had been made against Josh Powell. An NRA employee had also accused him of sexual harassment. The employee's complaint was settled privately using NRA membership money for an undisclosed amount. Not only was Carrie Gard an utter failure, but so was the man Wayne LaPierre put in charge of it. He was going to be the guy that was going to be seen as the hero that brought in the NRA a new revenue stream and did all these wonderful things, and all of that failed miserably. That's Rob Pincus. You might remember Rob from episode two when he took to the podium at the 2019 convention and called for a vote of no confidence on Wayne LaPierre and an open discussion of the NRA's problems. It really looked like Josh Powell, who came out of not only nowhere in terms of the public sector of the gun community, but literally from outside the gun community, having very little to do with anything gun culture-wise, ascending to a very high level of position and control, looking like he was potentially being groomed to take the spot of a Wayne LaPierre to become an heir apparent. And yet it turns out that he's really just kind of a scumbag. In June of 2018, NRA board member Robert Brown sent an email to Wayne LaPierre regarding Powell. In the email, he said, quote, Wayne, at the last NRA board meeting, you promised me you were going to terminate that worthless scoundrel, Josh Powell, in 60 days. Well, 60 days have passed. When are you going to fire him? Six months later, LaPierre finally responded to the internal pressure to fire Josh Powell. He sent out a letter which opened by stating the importance of the legal battle that Carrie Gard faced. Then it read, quote, I am promoting Josh Powell to serve as senior strategist in connection with this important advocacy and other key endeavors for our association. He will continue working as my chief of staff, but in his new role, support the Brewer legal team and the NRA in its campaign against the state of New York. So not only was Josh Powell not fired, he was promoted, to use LaPierre's term, to work for Bill Brewer, the lawyer who would go on to collect $24 million from the NRA over a 13-month period and the man married to the sister of Ackerman McQueen's CEO. Here's former NRA Senior Training Program Coordinator and Firearms Instructor, Steve Hoback. Josh Powell gets sacked, rightfully so, as the Executive Director of General Operations. And in a world with gravity and friction and where the sky is blue with occasional patches of white in a real world, he would have been sitting with a cardboard box filled with everything from his desk out front of NRA headquarters. Well, instead, he gets a lateral position 
with general counsel as a special legal aide to Wayne LaPierre because he has such insight into the fight in New York State. Aside from being a failed online catalog salesman, he's not a lawyer. I don't think he ever even attended a class at law school. He's a fucking crook. And yet he's an integral tool in the legal fight in New York. With all of his personal and professional problems, the questions nobody has seemed to be able to answer are, how did Josh Powell rise to the position he held? What did Wayne LaPierre see in him? How did he last so long? And how could he get paid so much money? Josh Powell, no doubt in my mind, is receiving hush fucking money. Not only do dead men not tell tales, but people who are still being compensated very, very lavishly don't tell tales either. It's been told to me directly by a couple of different board of director members who I know personally that in Powell's case especially, they're still on the payroll because they're much less compelled to testify against the association while they're being compensated so well. It's become this gangster train wreck dumpster fire. Their hubris made them think that it was never going to be uncovered because they'd been doing it for so long. But it's all right there in black and white. And it's sickening to me. One final note. It seems that the Josh Powell saga is over. In February of this year, an internal email was circulated, which said that Powell was no longer with the NRA. It hasn't been confirmed if he was fired or resigned. But as for attorney Bill Brewer, well, he's still going strong. And wait till you hear about him. Next time on Gangster Capitalism, the NRA shops for a new multi-million dollar mansion for Wayne LaPierre and his wife, Susan. If Wayne and Susan LaPierre were involved in arranging this transaction, that kind of conduct is not only unethical, it is potentially criminal. But as an organization, the NRA had much bigger problems and they put their future in the hands of hotshot Dallas attorney, Bill Brewer, the man at the center of the dispute between the NRA and Ackerman McQueen. There's a breed of lawyer that instead of doing the right thing and trying to get your client out of trouble, sometimes these kind of lawyers get them deeper into trouble. And uh, they always put their interest over the clients. And Mr. Brewer was at the top of the list. If you have any tips you'd like to share, please reach out to us at tips at gangstercapitalism.com or you can leave a voicemail at 347-674-6980. For more information, go to gangstercapitalism.com and follow us on Instagram at gangstercapitalism or on Twitter at gangstercapital. 
This has been a creation and presentation of C-13 Originals, a division of Cadence 13. Executive produced by Chris Corcoran, Zach Levitt, and me, Andrew Jenks. Written and directed by Zach Levitt and me. Produced by Lloyd Lockridge and Perry Crowell. Edited by Perry Crowell. Mixing and mastering by Bill Schultz. Research and production support by Ian Mont. Production management by Terrence Malingone. Studio coordination by Sean Cherry. Artwork and design by Kirk Courtney. And marketing and PR by Josephina Francis and Hilary Schuff. Our original score is by Joel Goodman. And our theme song, Your Sins Will Find You Out, is by Eli Paperboy Reed. It's after bedtime, the kids are asleep, and the moms are out to play. We're Dina and Kristen, the duo behind the Instagram account, Big Little Feelings. I'm Dina, I'm a child therapist and mom of two who nerds out on all things neurobiology and psychology, and Kristen is a parent coach who wrangles three kids on a daily basis, here to give it to us like it is. We weren't meant to do this parenting thing alone. Consider After Bedtime your village. Follow After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.